this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Is Dira, Kit, Bria, and Flick! <laughs> Flick's a Last baby now. Yes, he has de-aged. Yeah. That's exactly what happened when he blew himself up. (laughs) (laughs) What if, though? Okay, wait. Last week, the party began Flick's retraining. Each Azimar chose something from their own list of talents and abilities to impart upon the classless tiefling. And as a result, Flick has begun the long and arduous journey toward rangerhood. This is the last refuge, though, where things are never simple or straightforward. In a moment of frustration, Flick pulled out his newly crafted pan flute and accidentally blew up part of the forest. What caused this sudden explosion? Did Bizdira sneakily stick an M80 firecracker into one of the flute's pipes? Or has Flick manifested some strange and hitherto unknown power? Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hey. hey. Hitherto unknown, for Hither sure. Hitherto unknown. <laughs> Heretofore not seen. So I appreciate oh, you all not giving me shit for hitherto. Which is I mean, first. I wanted to, but Flick kind of oh, jumped in on. on that before I could. Come on. But hitherto is a word that everyone knows exists. I know. Like, oh, it's just papoose. silly. Mm. I think... I think I know a lot of people that would be like, what the hell is a hitherto? A, a hitherto. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small rodent-like creature. What's a hitherto? <laughs> Sounds right. That I'm does, in of... fact, sound like a Dr. Seuss character. Mm-hmm. A hitherto. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can someone design us a hitherto, please? If someone wants to draw <gasps> yes. us a hitherto. If someone, if someone designs an image for it, I will write a stat block for it. <gasps> yes. yes. Goodness. Yay, Listeners, homebrew. you have your assignment for this week. <laughs> that didn't take long, did it? I'm like really eager to kind of get into this. Okay, okay well, I'm feeling uh, very businesslike right now. Ready? I appreciate Three, that. I can kind of tell the one. energy. Oh, wrong god, we're getting down. Go. Oh, we just blew up. Okay, so uh, Bizdira, Bria, and Kit, you heard off in the distance in the forest, a rather in the direction that uh, Flick stomped off angrily for going dinner, uh, a a large explosion. And I believe you all uh, have gotten up and are running in that direction. I was actually going to roll to see if I trip over my chair because I'm trying to run so fast. Absolutely you are. <laughs> Give me an acrobatics, a dexterity acrobatics check. Oh, it's going to be good. Damn it. <laughs> It's there are so few players that I play with who hope for low rolls. Well, but on something good like storytelling. this, I know it's, it's good storytelling. All right, well, so you maybe don't, I like fact... jump off of my chair, like I almost trip on it, and then I put my foot on it, and then I, I, I get a foot in front of Bizdira, who's going to be able to catch up to me anyways because she's so damn fast. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm way ahead of you. I was actually just thinking, I was like, I, because I didn't remember if we had jumped up and and gone already, but I just kind of wanted her to be like. <laughs> and like shrug. <laughs> That's what I thought she was gonna say when she was gonna see you two get up and be like, eh, he's, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> and then like wait for them to go up like 20 feet and then take off and pass them. Uh-huh. What a jerk. <laughs> so rude. What a jerk. That's what I do. I kinda want Kit to turn into a horse. Just to beat Bizdira. Turn into a horse. Turn into a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna hop on your back. All right, now we're racing. But also, yes. I'm, like, concerned. Sure. <laughs> I love when Bria turns into the guy from Parks and Rec who just chants everything. He's like, her daughter is an idiot. Her daughter is an idiot. 
you turn into i think it's like once every other episode you just start chanting hoping that something will happen that you're chanting about <laughs> it usually does yeah. turn into a horse turn okay. into okay. a horse all right i did all it right. i did so it she, she did it so you're running Bizdira, you're out ahead and then suddenly a horse with Bria on its back sort of catches up to you and uh, there you run do we do we have to actually have this race we don't right no, no I don't we win cuz i win i'm bored great i'm bored he says well you're not bored once <laughs> we get to you in the story <laughs> so the ladies get to you oh yes because this hasn't been enough about you the last uh-huh. episode or two yeah. no yeah. <laughs> More. <laughs> Class. Oyve is right. So the ladies get to you. Uh, and what you see is, uh, you all have probably at this point, like you've seen the little spot that Flick likes to go to uh, to play to play his pan flute when he's frustrated. You mostly sort of leave him alone that he's out there. Flick, why don't you describe the spot to us in general a little bit? Oh, sure. It's, um... <laughs> so incredibly on the spot so Um, so here i'll get you started no 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 no, i've got it it's here it's in my mind in my mind's eye it is a it's it's very inconspicuous and it's um think oh no this is the image that came to my mind it's not inconspicuous at all in the fellowship of the ring you know when they hide from one of the wraiths that's underneath the Mm -hmm. the little path Thing. It's like underneath a big root or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, like, I'm bigger than a hobbit, so I'm going to be able to fit in there, but that's where I go. I find I found a big old root with a little itty-bitty cave in it, and that's where I like to sit, underneath the little tree. That was a very long story to get us to you go to a hole in the ground, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Beautiful storytelling. <laughs> it's Thank gorgeous. You, it was. It was a mean, nice reference as well. Right. Okay, I have a very important question though. Mm-hmm. How big is the tree that you are sort of underneath? Like how how old a tree are we talking here? Like uh, like full grown but young, venerable age. Do you see do you see the listeners can't see me, but I'm holding out my arms as if I were hugging a tree. <laughs> We can't even like, see it. <laughs> I, I know you're like you can see a ar- an arm. You can see your um, armpit quite well, but yeah. mm, yes, uh, <laughs> probably like my wingspan is probably about like almost six feet. So like maybe seven feet round, like the circumference. Like the whole circumference feet. is seven mm-hmm. feet round. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, ladies, you arrive at Flick's hole in the ground, and it is. It looks different than it did before. Uh, As you arrive, there is still sort of dust and dirt settling to the ground. One entire side of the little cave has just been blown outwards. uh, And you can see a whole strip of the tree where bark has just been stripped off of it. Uh, You can actually see bits of wood sort of embedded in trees around because they were blown outward and like the, the shrapnel from this chunk of the tree sort of blew outward at high enough speeds to embed itself into other areas. Uh, Flick is completely unharmed. Uh, he's sort of sitting there, I, I presume rather stunned yeah. uh, for the moment. I imagine they come up like uh, like um, on the upside of it, not to where you can like see me yet. And I just, you see my hands come up and then my face <laughs> just like a little dusty. Good. But where, like, is the, where is the pan flute in this, in this little image? Oh, it's around my neck. I, okay. I like put a little necklace on it. It's around my neck, and okay. uh, like you, see, you just see my like nose pop up, and my eyes are wide, and I just go 
I'm okay. I think Ms. Deer's gonna kind of like skid to a halt and be like, what are we fighting? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where is it? I'm curious if between the sound and the damage and seeing that Flick is okay, if I recognize um, Thunderwave, since I also can cast that spell. Indeed, it is a good question. Roll me an intelligence arcana check with advantage, please, because you have used this on multiple occasions throughout your time as an adventurer. That's a 21. Did that voice? Oh, absolutely you do. You actually, you sort of, you recognize the sound to begin with almost, but you know, flick, that's not a, that's not a flick spell. So if anything, you thought, you know, there must be some other, other caster around or, or something. And then seeing it confirmed that it was indeed a thunder wave, but. Would I recognize the effects of thunder wave if I've seen her do it? Possibly. You can make me an intelligence arcana check, uh, just regular, no advantage since you haven't cast it yourself before. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very startling. Your, I, your I know. pipe blew up a tree. It went boom. <laughs> um, I rolled a right, 17 I'm... for it. Do I know? I don't. Do you cast that spell? No, but I've, if if his argument is that he's seen her do it, then that's also my argument. <laughs> yeah, but right. I think that I've cast it. I cast it in Sylphsin. I don't oh. know if I've cast it while you were actually around. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he doesn't know what it is. Oh, she looks so sad. Poking holes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some listener was going to write in and be like, well, Absolutely. actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, you know, I will have misremembered and they'll write in still. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> yes, but that's on you and not me. Exactly. I will take that. <laughs> um, All right. So, Flick, you, I mean, uh, Kit, you do recognize. Uh, Jesus, five seasons in and I'm still doing it. Kit, you do recognize uh, the Thunderwave spell as you see uh, Flick's little head pop up from behind his... But okay. you're a horse. I'm gonna turn, yes, I'm going to turn oh, right. back into myself. One second. Do I, you inform? No, no, no. <laughs> what? No, Great. no, no. So you I know turn the back is on my a... back. <laughs> yes, but do you tell her was the question? I do, do you this. warn her? I, you know, like a horse, like a knee. <laughs> you rear oh, back. Amazing. So, <laughs> Bria, I'm going to need you to make, I'm going to need you to make a... I'm not like let's... harsh. I like like a gentle so she can like oh. slide off my back. It's very comical, I think. That's, that's, well, that's not as comical as throwing her off. <laughs> or just turning back into a horse and letting her fall or to, yeah, to an Asmar and fall to the ground. All right, Bria, so how do you react to this gentle uh, rear and neigh? I think because even though it's gentle and I clearly don't know what's going on, even though I rolled really well, um, because of that, I I think we might be in battle. So <laughs> I, and I'm assuming we've ridden her as a horse before. So that probably means like, it's time to get off. So I'm sure. going to uh, try to actually jump off and then string my bow and arrow. Oh, I like it. All right. So, so Bria is combat ready. Bria and Bizdira are ready to loose arrows and punches. Uh, Kit, you are back in Azamar form now. And I look at Flick and I say, Flick, have you been practicing your magic? There is no way that I've been practicing any sort of magic. I don't have any source of magic. I don't know what, how that would even happen. Well, to be well, fair, Kit has been trying to teach you little bits of nature magic, though none I of it has actually taken yet. I am not good enough at the nature magic yeah, now. <laughs> to I've, Nothing's ever happened until now. That's too much. That's too big of an effect. I, it doesn't make any sense. So are well, we not fighting anything? No, and I I'll... was just playing my pan flute by myself. <laughs> oh my okay. God, let Kit talk. Mazdir is going to do a loop No, no, Kit is talking. (laughs) I'm going to say, well, 
I don't know how it happened, but it seems to me like you just cast Thunder Wave. Okay, you can go ahead, but steer. Uh, she's still going to go do a loop around and look and see okay, if great. she sees anything. I'll, I'll or... take the other side, yeah. yeah. Okay, you two make me wisdom perception checks while Kit has this conversation with Flick. Oh. I'll Pass check it? in with you in a moment. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Kit just informed you, Flick, that she thinks that you've cast Thunder Wave. Mm, but I just, well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like about the response, yes. And yeah, I guess that's, I'll... <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. He is... And I like will also shrug my shoulders and be like, I mean, I guess you're getting stronger, which is a good thing. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, as I... I'm searching, I'm going to say over my shoulder, play the song again. Play what song The again? song he was just playing. Yeah, I don't know how Thunder get out of the works, way. I don't so know I assume it's a certain song. I mean, I'm down to play it again, but... I don't know what's about to happen. What were your uh, wisdom perception checks, Bri and Bizdira? Bri, we'll start with you. My passive is 14. Okay, Bizdira. Passive, 12. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very quiet and secluded spot. Also, like, there is definitely not a ton of... a ton of animal noise, because like everything in quite a radius was scared off. Uh, Bria, you do hear some footsteps coming towards you all from the direction of the Guardians encampment, though. Oh, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, They're still a ways off, though. Okay. Uh, so, Flick and Kit. So, Bria told him to play the song, and mm-hmm. I'll look at him, I'll be like, well, is that what you were doing when the thunder wave went off, playing a song? He'll vigorously nod his head, yes. I mean, might as well try it again. All right, he'll be very skeptical, but he's going to suggest that you all move out of the way. You all got to get... I mean, I don't it's a pretty cast big that range. It's, yeah, it's a 15-foot cube in front of you if it was indeed a thunder wave, which it was. Oh, so, so I'll we'll just face away behind from him. him, yeah. All right. Uh, make me a charisma performance check, Flick. I'm going to use the spoons as like a drum roll. What'd you it's, get? A, it's a crit. Nice. <laughs> so uh, Flick begins playing. And uh, tell us about the song again. Now, the last time you played it, you were sort of frustrated. So so bits of emotion sort of crept into it. But what was the song meant to be? Well, it goes a little something like no, this. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're going to get sued. <laughs> no, I was going to make it up. Oh. Do, 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 do. You said you crit. Excuse me. That was beautiful. Musical (laughs) brilliance. Listeners, and and some of my friends from music school, I know that you listen to this. Use that dictation knowledge that I know that we went through. You better dictate that and send it to me pronto. Oh my God, I love it. So it's lovely. And you all are rather, you three Asimar ladies are rather tense throughout the whole thing. Uh, The song is lovely, but nothing blows up. Well, I tried. going to do another loop. (laughs) This stairs like, well, it obviously wasn't you. Something did it. Hmm. Well, Flick wants to think it's a fluke, but he's a not just going to cast fluke? a... Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband would be so proud. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I'm going to tell him. 
text him right now from the other. <laughs> no, we have an episode to record. Um, he wants to think it's a fluke, a flick fluke, but he doesn't think he, he would cast like an, an actual leveled spell just a, a, off on the fly like that. He's right. kind of he's really confused about that because he knows kind of what, what energy it takes. Right. To kind of focus in and actually cast a leveled spell as opposed to like a cantrip or anything like that. So totally, that is very confusing to him. So, uh, I mean, on the bright side, it does seem to have sort of snapped you out of your funk after uh, Bria's rather frustrating uh, training session with you uh, prior to dinner. Yeah, I mean, all of that is true, Flick. Like, you know that uh, a fluke is unlikely because, it, you know, casting any sort of spell like that by accident is the purview of, you know wild magic sorcerers, which you are almost certainly not, so. But what if I was? Whoa, what a twist that no, would be. No, no, you've already played a sorcerer in one of my games. No more. <laughs> so I I was going to say that, actually. Like, I'm pretty tired from having him try to get us home, so I'm gonna pat him on the back and say pretty song, and I'm gonna start heading back to... <laughs> Thank you! Our little house, wherever we live right now. Okay, so uh, unless there are other things that you all want to, to sort of discuss or do this particular evening, he said with a pause to see if there was. Great. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, Kit maybe does. I feel like I'm probably really, probably maybe even more fixated than Flick on like totally. how did this magic happen? Totally. If there are any guardians with a particular knowledge of magic or any tomes or anything I can go through, I think I might want to spend a couple hours doing some research. Definitely. Let's start with an intelligence arcana check kit. When Flick falls okay. asleep, can she try to like take measurements of him? Why? Like take his pulse and like, it's part of her research. Is it? <sighs> What'd Bria you get, suggests kid? this, and I'm like, okay, sounds like a good plan, because I got a six. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's fine. I, I was just sort of seeing if, if you would have had any inkling what might have caused it or, or where the magic may have come from, but but truly it is a mystery. Um, that said, there are definitely, you know, there's the, the Guardians have a not huge, but not insignificant uh, library of lore, some of which includes stuff on magic. Uh, so you can sort of begin to, to piece through that stuff tonight. Uh, I think maybe a few references to spontaneous casting might come up in your initial research, but uh, it's definitely something that will require some deep diving over the coming days and perhaps perhaps 10 days uh, to get more info on, but it's definitely something that you can, can work on. So speaking of the coming days and 10 days, we have seen how you all are training Flick, the things that Flick is learning, uh, and we see the days pass and the 10 days pass and eventually a month pass and then two months pass and Flick is continuing to train He's getting faster at leading Bria back to camp from further and further afield when she takes him out. He is now reliably hitting Kit's conjured creatures. Oh, oh that's a store. Kit's conjured creatures. <laughs> anyway, it's a store. Uh, when we cut, when we leave the last refuge, maybe. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's how she retires. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stuffed animal store. It's a stuffed animal store. It's a stuffed animal store. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I really want someone to draw that now. Please. <laughs> so, so many art opportunities in this episode. <laughs> 
Kit is able to, sorry, Flick is able to more reliably uh, uh, hit the target with uh, Kit's training uh, and and is less often smacked in the face by Bizdira uh, as <laughs> as he is out scouting and learning to track animals. Or, uh, oh, never mind. I thought it was going to be the food fight. I was like, oh, or well, he learns right, how to like, catch the food in his mouth. There you <laughs> go. He learns to catch. <laughs> I like it. He's getting fed. Uh, but also learning to, to track animals and, and identify uh, edible plants and such. Yes, Bria? Well, since he's catching the food now, and he's always been kind of a scrawny guy, can he become more swole? Well, well no. Why? Because his, his strength score is not changing. Also, he's not a strength-based ranger, so he's still fairly scrawny. Fine. But man, is he swift. Yes. And like, let me be clear, scrawny's not a value judgment. No. I was trying to think of a like word that had more positive connotations. That's what my lean. Was He's about. very lean. Yeah. Although lean. lean does kind of imply some sort of uh, long strength, but I suppose there has to be to like pull the bow and stuff. So we'll go yeah. with lean. We'll go with lean. After about a month of this training, uh, you know, Kit, in addition to helping you with target practice and things like that, also does, like we said, uh, begin sort of instructing you in the ways of nature magic. What you actually end up finding, though, Flick, is that the deep sort of connection with the earth and with nature that Kit's magic requires is almost uh, unsettlingly similar to the way that you would connect with Denier and the way that you would prepare and pray for spells with Denier. Uh, and so while the training is valuable, and, and you feel free to, to contradict me, but I, I think Flick doesn't really take very well to that specific way of channeling magic. It's just too, I don't know, painful. Yeah, I buy that. But seeing how how Kit is able to use nature uh, to to cause magic to happen, and with a lot of the training that Bizdir is providing you in terms of flora and fauna of the area, uh, you begin to find different ways that you feel like you're tapping into the ambient nature around you, and you know, you're know you able to create these, these sort of poultices uh, to bind your just scrapes and scratches and bumps and bruises when you're out sort of, uh, you know, hunting with Bizdira, gathering with Bizdira, or tracking your way back home with Bria. Um, and, you know, eventually you realize that these poultices are sort of having more effect than they should just through the, the herbs and such that you're putting into them. Uh, and you realize that these are are in fact magical and, and very similar to your old Cure Wounds spell, uh, but you are channeling it through these natural elements. When you're practicing with Kit, uh, you know, one day you fire an arrow and and strike one of, one of the conjured creatures and erupting from the ground around the creature uh, are these writhing thorny vines uh, that grasp the creature. And it's it's a little surprising, but also you, you had an idea about this spell and you were able to direct it and do it purposefully and and eventually you do manage to to learn or create it's it's almost as if you're inventing these spells because you don't have anyone in particular to sort of teach you the mechanics of them particularly the well the ranger specific spells but you you come up with these various ways to to take nature's magic and use it to good effect for you and and so it is that over the months you become a fully fledged leveled ranger still behind your companions <laughs> in <laughs> a ranger still clown 
Yes. <laughs> no, not a clown. <laughs> I just saw Absolutely it. Horrifying. <laughs> not a clown. Uh, still behind your friends in terms of raw power and strength, but it's incredibly heartening that you're able to finally, after all these 10 days and, and a month and two months, see that you are able to regain this strength in new ways and become a functioning part of the party again. And throughout those months of training, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you every now and again, maybe uh, you, you know, you can sort of decide how often, but you try to recreate that thunder wave. I think it's, it's far, it niggles at the back of your mind. Yeah, because I think at first he was like, well, that was weird. Mm, you know, trying to act like he didn't care about it. And it was like, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, he was like, no, that truly was a fluke. I don't know. You know, like I can maybe channel accidental magical energy or whatever. But then he starts to actually crave it a little bit more because he misses that a little bit. Mm. And he'll keep trying again and again with that same song. It has to be (laughs) the same song. How does that song go again? (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. I want to put them on top of each other and see if it's the same song. That's what I was going for. (laughs) Kit, why don't you make me an intelligence arcana check with advantage for your research over the 10 days and months? Uh, Nice. Uh, 22. Excellent. And do you, uh, so you said that you were probably at least at first even more curious than Flick about the magic. Do you tell him what you're doing or is this sort of just a side project for yourself just because you're curious? I think at the beginning, it's probably just for myself to see if I can even like find any information. And then I think once I start making a little bit of headway, I let Flick know that I have been doing this um because you know i'm trying to help him in his journey and totally. it was um an interesting incident that incited my curiosity totally and at first it's a bunch of dead ends in your research um but eventually you know once in a blue moon flick is able to not literally because that would be longer than the amount of time that's passed so far but um <laughs> Flick is occasionally able to manifest some power through his flute or through his words, um, but it's so sporadic that, you know, it's it's definitely, he's so focused on his ranger training anyway, and that is beginning to go better. So it's very rare, but the more that you see it happen, Kit, the more you sort of have to go on in your research and you eventually find uh, sort of in an unlikely place, some historical tomes about um, about the society that used to exist in Silfson, actually. And there's, there's not honestly much there. Most of that information is probably still somewhere in Silfson and the books that the Guardians have are, are fairly old and not in great shape. But you come across a passage about a uh, sort of a wandering musician storyteller who used to, every few months, uh, show up in, in well, it wasn't called Silfson back then, but in, in that city, uh, and would entertain and perform magical feats. And your research eventually leads you to realize that Flick is probably manifesting what you probably had also heard of back home before you became an adventurer, which are the magical powers of a bard, uh, one who uses performance and spoken word and music to channel magic. Cool. I think once I get that better idea of what I think is happening, I definitely go to all of my siblings, like, with the book, like, carrying this old book, and, like, open it up. I'm like, look what I found! I'm very proud of myself and all my nights of research that I've, um, (laughs) dug this up. 
Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be smoldering if you could pop on over to Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcasts from and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read any five-star reviews we get on the air as soon as we're able, and the more of them we receive, the more visible the show becomes, and the more people we get to listen. It doesn't have to take more than just a few seconds, and it really does help us out a ton. We also want to remind everyone that we have our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dnd last refuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much, much more. In addition, by supporting our Patreon, you will also be supporting multiple other content creators across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon It Forward program. More information on that program and the other Patreons that we support are available on our Patreon page. Right now, I want to take a minute to recognize some of our awesome patrons and thank them so very much for their support. Thank you to our honorary party members, Tanya, Sir Mox the Magnificent, and Matthew Allen, and to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliyahu of Merck Grove, and Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and much more, hop on over to patreon.com slash DND Last Refuge and become a patron today. We want to thank BattleBards for providing our theme song here on the show. You can check out their awesome library at BattleBards.com. We are also starting to use some of Scott Buckley's amazing scores, which you can check out at his website, scottbuckley.com.au. If you ever get adventures, character options, or new monsters from the DMs Guild, or any material from any of the drive through websites, be sure to use our affiliate links found in our website and in the episode notes when you shop there so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond, as always, for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Okay, quick and dirty this week. That's enough chatting. Let's get back to the episode. Thanks for listening and happy gaming, y'all. So before we have Bria and Bizdira respond to that, what have the two of you been up to? I mean, obviously you've been spending time with Flick training him, uh, but Kit has been doing this research. Flick has been, you know, practicing stuff on his own. What have the two of you been doing in your downtime? We had a thought that we might want to go back into the temple. (laughs) Oh my Christ. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, so we would end? go the back way, literally just to ask Robert if they know anything about those orbs, because we're curious about them, but it didn't feel like the time when all the stuff was happening with Flick. So maybe Bizdira and I take a little split the party action to go ask him about that. Interesting. All right. So uh, how long is it like how long before you go back? Like, is it a 10 day? Is it a month? Is it how long before you go back to visit Robert? Whenever Flick starts becoming more independent. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe I think a it's month? A, I was going to say, I think it's a, probably at least a month. Uh, you know, maybe five or six, ten days, something like that. Okay, so you go back, and and Robert is is there, and they are they seem to have sort of returned to business as usual. Uh, when you two arrive, they are uh, filling up one of those black boxes with confetti. I was gonna say, can I bring confetti made out of leaves and throw it on them yes, when we see them? Absolutely, you can. I sort of love that. <laughs> and you know, we don't have to play out this whole part of the conversation, but they're uh, rather happy in their way, or at least some of their personalities are happy in their way to see the two of you. Uh, They lament that they've had no one come through the top level since you all left, and so they have all of these new ideas that they can't test out. They ask you, you know, 
what the fuck is going on uh, after everything that happened. They're glad to see that you're okay. And then we get to the crux of the matter, which is when you ask about these orbs, yes? Mm -hmm. And at first they are not uh, entirely sure what you're talking about, because if you recall, they're on the level that they prefer not to uh, sort of remember and the level that all of the uh, audio and visual devices were destroyed on. Mm -hmm. But they say that uh, they can certainly, if, it, if it's important, they can certainly look into it uh, and for you to maybe come back in a few days uh, and see what they've been able to dig up. Yeah, that's great. And so you do come back a few days later and they're pretty excited. Uh, it seems that there was a whole sort of memory cache uh, related to the second floor that they had uh, not wiped, but like, you know, quarantined in their memory banks uh, just to avoid the sadness that that level brought back to them. But something about having you all here and knowing that things are moving forward and sort of having everything that, that had happened in that building out in the open with at least the four of you has sort of allowed them to move past that and reaccess those memory banks. And and what they have found was that those orbs, uh, in fact, represent a whole area of research that was conducted at the Arcanium that was actually older than the Arcania themselves, uh, and is in fact what allowed the people of this world to construct the Arcania and to develop as quickly as they did in magic. If you remember, um, based on the journal entries that you found, uh, the beast came fairly regularly uh, in times of old and kept society and civilization from ever sort of progressing past a certain point because every millennia or however often it was, everything would just be wiped away and, and civilization would have to start over. But apparently, at some point, uh, the people of this world found a way to travel to other worlds. Uh, it started out just being able to observe these other worlds, which were originally the purpose of those orbs. But eventually they actually found ways to travel to these other planes of existence. And it was from the people that they interacted with in these other worlds that they were able to bring back magical technology that set them ahead centuries more than they had ever managed to to progress in the past because of the, the regular calamities and destruction of, of knowledge and learning. And so those orbs are a catalog of sorts of the different worlds and planes that the researchers at the Arcanium uh, would travel to for, for research and learning. Fascinating. Yeah, that is actually really, really cool. Gonna need you to sound a little less surprised, but yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. expected nothing less Aww. cool or f crafty. Good yeah. words. Anyway, thank you. So, uh, Bria and Bizdir, do you do anything with that information? Do you have further questions? Do I, you have... I have a question. Yeah. Does Robert know how they were able to travel between worlds? Not exactly. Um, the Arcanists uh, were in some ways incredibly technologically advanced, right? They were able to harness Robert's uh, power and, and, and create sort of what we think of as like mechanical and technological advancements. Um, but when it came to magical research, they were pretty old fashioned for the most part. Um, much of their actual magical research was just written on parchment 
parchment, um, a lot of which has been sort of lost over the years. They think that uh, it probably has something to do with the designations on the orbs. Like that's almost certainly a part of whatever magical sort of keying was used to target these planes. But beyond that, they're they're not really sure. I'm gonna give them the finger guns. <laughs> And then say, I'm sure we'll see Every you time again you give soon. them the finger guns, they have that they have that like uh that nerve gas turret that we never really talk about. But every time you do it, they swivel the turret to point at you, and it's a little intimidating, but also <laughs> kinda of funny. And I'll say, Alright, we'll see you again soon, I'm sure. Keep protecting this place, you're doing awesome. And they say What am I rolling for? Uh, intelligence, I think, just straight intelligence. Bizdira? Bizdira crit failed, so she's just like, yep, mm-hmm, <laughs> yep, yep, uh-huh, great, cool, good, awesome. Bria? 14? You think it was a compliment, there was definitely something in there about, like, uh, keep protecting the world. And I'm like, I look at Bizdira and I go, they think we're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so we then fast forward. We see this is what you all have spent some time doing over the weeks. We fast forward to Kit bringing you these books, informing you that Flick is manifesting bard powers. I get a big smile and very wide eyes, and I, from from my like hip area, I slowly lift up the spoons. <laughs> <laughs> band practice. I feel band practice like suddenly band got a lot more dangerous is great idea but also yeah it's very dangerous considering if he's manifesting bard and we don't know if he can actually control it yeah maybe band practice needs to wait till he's got his powers under control (laughs) i'm not against it but i do think that we should stay behind him and potentially up to 30 (laughs) feet away from him either that or he has to stand at the back and face away from you all at all times (laughs) right (laughs) not at all the response i was expecting and yet maybe it should have been uh (laughs) how was that not the response you were expecting you're right you're absolutely right i don't know what i expected Um, Okay, so Kit, as you continue to research this and get more information, you are actually able to um, to sort of help Flick develop the powers even more. Uh, what you do find is that the magic, though, the access to the magic and the types of magic that, that Flick will be able to manifest with these powers is actually closer to some of the things that Bria does than it is to the things that you do or that Flick did when he was still had his clerical abilities. So, Bria, God help us all, uh, you are also welcome to assist in the process of, of Flick learning to access m- magical music. Band practice. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that uh, hurries apace. Uh, and Flick, now that with this sort of understanding of where these powers are coming from, uh, and you know your ranger training at a certain level, uh, you're able to devote a little more time specifically to actually trying to develop these bard powers, if you would like. Well, I don't know. Don't Maybe that you made a cure? Nope. So you do that. He will give. Uh, he will give an enthusiastic. Absolutely. Uh, great. So you do that, uh, and we will check in with uh, the status of Flick's training shortly. But there is one other thing that has been happening as these ten days and months have gone by, uh, and that is that you. I don't have- like this already. That you have been, as promised, getting week uh, ten daily check ins with the con. He said weekly. Never mind. I, I do weekly. like this. Weekly is a 10-day, isn't it? Yes. 
Yeah. Sort of. Semantics. Whatever. You've been getting regular check-ins with the Conjurer. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, what he has told you uh, and what you have asked of him. I have a list. I'm, I have n- no <laughs> doubt that I you really do. I really hope you heard her take her sheet of paper and go with it <laughs> just now. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I don't, I haven't put these in any particular order, so it's probably going to be most exciting to least exciting. <laughs> okay. Can the temples be unconsecrated? Oh, so we're just, we're just doing a list of questions that you ask the conjurer. Yes. And, appa- apparently that's, I, what we're ha- that's what's uh, happening. I, I, what I imagine has happened is like, we have a general idea of when he's going to be communicating us, with mm-hmm. us. So we all like get in a room and we decide like, okay, what are the questions exactly. we're asking today? Exactly. Right. And you also know Wait. that like, you know, he, after the first couple of times, he like understands that this is not going to be like, he gets to send you a sending with 25 words of a check-in and you respond once and then that's sort of the end of it. Like he basically knows on the days that he decides to contact you, he's going to have to use all his third level slot spell slots to do sendings back and forth. Um, yes. So that's it's fine. The least he can do. Well, sure. Uh, so that's fine, but it does mean that basically, you know, you're limited to 75 words each, each way, each time, um, which is fine because it's once a 10 day. And, you know, we said it was probably two months or so, three months even uh, before Flick figured out that he was manifesting bard powers. And then it's going to be several more months before those develop into anything useful to you all. So we've got lots of check-ins that we can use, uh, but they're probably in the moment, sometimes a bit frustratingly truncated because of the nature of the magic that's being used to communicate. But all that being said, we will put them together in a montage of Conjure Conversations. Oh, that's a fun name too. Con- Let me write that down. So let's begin with the questions as we montage through your conversations with the Conjurer. <laughs> Cue music. <laughs> Cue music. Mm-hmm. Can the temples be unconsecrated? Unconsecrated is a weird way to put it because though you all decided to address it divinely, uh, all that is required is that uh, there is a certain amount of magical energy fed in them to activate them. That said, in theory, yes, uh, you could unconsecrate them if you were able to find a way to either forcefully pull the magic out of each of the nodes uh, or create some sort of anti-magic field around them. Destroyed is uh, also probably possible somehow, but uh, the Conjurer's real nervous about that because the other thing that he tells you is that these nodes are connected uh, to the magic of the world, and they're important sort of uh, focal points just for the magic that exists in the world, and he's not really sure what would happen if you destroyed them. Okay, I don't want to destroy them. Is there a back entrance to the other temples? They know of one other temple, which was the first temple that the Tiefling party activated that has a back entrance. They've not been able to find one to the second temple that the Tiefling party activated. And the final uh, Arcanium is, uh, they haven't actually been able to do much recon there for various reasons. Okay, so there is one of them though that we could potentially get in the back way and do the thing. Yes, there is at least one. And there may be for the others, they just don't know for sure. Okay. Is there life on the other islands? Uh, Yes. Is it just... Kobolds, orcs, and Yuanti? No. Uh, there are various other intelligent species uh, on the other islands. Uh, for the most part, each island seems to have sort of its own ecology. 
Uh, so you don't really see orcs and kobolds and Yuan-Ti on any other island, for the most part. Is, are they peaceful? Uh, they all live in a sort of equilibrium. Things were stirred up a little bit on the islands that the tieflings have been to, um, particularly the first one. The first one, the indigenous populations did not fare well when the tieflings arrived. The second temple, they were in a bit more of a hurry, it seems, and so they sort of didn't bother with uh, the sort of whole-scale slaughter to get what they wanted like they did on the first island, they just went, grabbed the keys, went straight to the temple. And the first one is the one that we can get in the back entrance to? Correct. Okay. This is just a note, but we need to know exactly where they are and when they move. So they're on the what we're calling the second island now for them? They're, yes, they're on their second island and they are currently are not moving. They are spending most of their time uh, making sure that you all, what, what seems to be that making sure that you all can't get in and disrupt whatever they're doing there. So they're they're bringing in lesser devils to sort of guard the area and fortifying their position there. We're on the north or sorry, they're on the northern island, correct? Correct. And we're you're on in the, the western you're western. in the western. Yep. Um are there lesser devils and such around the the first island that they consecrated? Um not no. Great. They seem to be focusing on this island, at least for now. Can he slash they transport us to where we need to go? So whichever island we need to go, can he do his little magic-y thing to get us there? Uh, no. There are ways that you can get to the other islands that the Enclave can provide, but none of them are magical, so they'll all take some time. Um, but it doesn't. it also doesn't seem like the Tieflings are using magical means to get from island to island, at least not as far as the Enclave knows. Um, so, you know, transportation's a pain in the ass for everybody. Well, we just want to try to move as fast as possible. Sure, sure, sure. Um, do they have an army that can help us fight the tieflings? No. Uh, at the moment, uh, so he tells you a little bit, and, and he's, he's always pretty cagey about the Enclave's origins and their sort of position in the world below or whatever, wherever they exist. Um, but it's pretty clear that they're sort of a little bit of an underground, underground organization. Uh, and he he tells you that they can't, even going up to the surface insofar as like being in the Arcanium with you all was a risk because there are other organizations and individuals in the world that don't want them meddling with surface affairs at all. And so any time that they take a direct hand, they risk exposure and that would set off another conflict that would just distract from what you all are trying to accomplish. So they might be able to provide some very small amount of support, but if they were to try to field an army to the surface, uh, it would be bad. Who's the boss? Of them? Yes. Uh, I don't think any of them have names, so like he can describe no, not him like, to- like who, who does the Enclave report to? If there's all these people that are gonna be mad at them for having an army, who's the boss? I don't, I'm not, what? Like if, if there's, if there's an army, if there's a group, then there's usually a leader of some sort. No. So the leader of the, uh, no. <laughs> that, that's no. what that's, I thought, that's Lydia. Not, that's what, that's, that's not, what I thought too, Lydia. That's why I'm confused. Yeah. The question that I'm asking is, if, if they would get in trouble, you said that oh, they're- Oh, it's not about, it's not about getting in trouble so much as they are literally like, they are, oh, I understand your question. It's not so much that they are like a rogue group of a larger group. There are just individuals in the world that feel that since, we'll call it humanity, retreated underground. Oh, by the way, humanity retreated underground. Uh, that feels like a big thing that I'm not sure you all knew. Yeah. Um, 
Cool, so he tells you a little bit about how after the last uh, beast arrival, which you think is the one that Fearon talked about in her journals. Which is when? Um, over a millennia ago. Okay. A millennium ago. Um, humanity, a portion of humanity uh, decided, had been preparing anyway, and decided to abandon the surface uh, in favor of life underground. Because, at least in their experience with the beast, it was sort of always just the surface that was destroyed. And so certain arcanists of old prepared for this retreat to live out the rest of their existence underground. Uh, And that is who the Enclave and who the, the other parts of humanity that they occasionally reference are and where they are. So... It's not that they are a rebel group of a larger organization. It's just that there are powerful groups and entities in the world underground that believe that meddling with or getting involved with surface affairs is just asking for trouble uh, because the surface was always a problem and and there have been no calamities of the, on the scale of the beast since they retreated underground. So Chuckles slash them would be one of these groups underground. Yes. They don't love talking about them, but yes. Okay. Bizira? I would like to know if he has any thoughts on how to pull magic out of a node. He can certainly try and do some research to figure it out, um, but the nodes are such powerful conductors of magic that it, it would require a large amount of energy, he is sure. You know, the, the theory behind it makes perfect sense, right? You pull the magic out of it, it no longer has energy to be active, and it's done. Uh, but the actual practice of doing it would be, A, a pretty monumental task that would require probably several magical practitioners, um, and B, the, the mechanics of it will require some research. But he can certainly, you know, try and get people on that if that's something that you all are interested in. Very interested in. Yes. Okay, so they'll they'll sort of, he'll try and put some people on that to, to start figuring that out. I have three more questions. Okay. Can they see three tieflings in an Azamar slash is there anyone else with them, like Flick's daddy, anybody else uh, with them? No, I mean, there are the other lesser devils that they're calling up to, to guard the place, but but no, daddy is not there. Uh, it's just the three Asimar and the tiefling. Okay, this is a question that I wasn't going to ask, but are the three of us prettier than our other sister? <laughs> Beauty is a subjective construct, and I refuse to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Blake um, doesn't even have to ask that about his siblings. He knows he's the prettiest out of yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you've seen that. I assume that we're prettier than her because we're good and she's bad. Um, beauty comes from within. Um, I have so many thoughts. Do the uh, the three Asmar, three tieflings, and an Asmar have the keys on their person? Like, did they take them or did they leave them in the temple? No, they absolutely have them with them. Why would they leave six incredibly powerful artifact items unattended behind them? <laughs> that dig at us, though. <laughs> This is definitely not intended as I started speaking as a dig, and then about two-thirds of the way through, I realized what I was saying. So rude. <laughs> that well, makes I think I know what scarier. we have to do um, once I'm back up to level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have to? <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> um, is that it? That's it? That's it? That's it? That's it? That's it? Um, so the last question questions. is just like, we deserve a full discussion with the Enclave. When is that going to happen? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, eventually. 
<laughs> Very nice. That was like my last big question, so fine. So that's uh, the that's the overview of the information that you all get from the Conjurer and the Enclave while Flick is retraining, while you all are regrouping. And I think eventually you all get to a point uh, where, Flick, you are, uh, you know, maybe not quite up to where you were before, but but close, right? Or maybe you are exactly where you were before, but your your friends have progressed. They're one level above you. Uh, <laughs> so as of our friends, you are all now seventh level. Uh, Flick, we got there. Yay! Over yeah. months and months and months, you have managed to train up uh, to be the equivalent of an adjusted character level of six level, uh, multi-classed in ranger and bard. Uh, and and I think eventually there comes a time where you all realize that like while there is always learning and training to be done. Uh, it is eventually you're going to have to to move out. And so uh, the Guardians uh, have been chatting with you three ladies about this for a while, uh, about, you know, whether what exactly you're going to do is, is up to you all, but uh, the Guardians would like to help you in making sure that everything is in tip-top shape and working order before you begin uh, to head back to your mission. And so the Guardians put together for Flick a sort of final test obstacle course. Uh, that will test his new abilities to make sure that he is, in fact, adventure-ready before you head back out. And that is where we're going to leave it for this week. I just pooped myself. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to, to find out if Flick has a change of pants. <laughs> Extra mace, change of pants. <laughs> Anybody? Oh, You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. Speaking of reviews, we've got a new one this week. Woo-hoo! This review is from MT Vizgar. Alternatively, MTV is Gar. Not sure. Uh, love it either way. The review headline is Praise. <laughs> <laughs> And the review says, I do too. The review says, I started listening to this podcast about nine months ago because I was warned about DMing Bria. (laughs) (laughs) I am so glad I was given this warning. Not only did I learn a lot about how Bria dot 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 plays, Uh. dot dot dot, but was sucked into this amazing living world. Around the end of season two is when I realized how attached I had grown to all of these characters. I listen a lot in my car and I have found myself cheering when big moments happen and have found myself mouth agape when there's a twist. I've attempted to listen to many D&D podcasts, but this is the only one that I've been able to listen to all the way through. Your story is fantastic and all the players are perfect. Listening has made me a better DM, a better player, and a better storyteller. I could continue to gush, but I'll end with I can't wait to see where the story goes. Anyone needing a good story to listen to should be listening to TLR. Hats off to everyone. Thank you, MTV Thank you. Isgar. Thank you, MTV Isgar. That was... Very sweet, very well written, and I am very tired, so it made me a little verklempt because anything will set me off these days. 
if you have already left us a review and have more than 280 characters to say to us on Twitter, you can, of course, also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, find out what cons we'll be attending, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Bizdira, Kit, Bria, and Felik. Happy gaming, y'all. Each Azimar chose something from their own list of talents and abilities to impart upon the classless tiefling, and as a result, Flick has begun the long <laughs> and arduous journey toward rangerhood. I can't this breeze is... past that. That's not fair. That's We're, I know that that's uh, literally what I am, but I he has class. This this, this whole is episode last... is is us um uh, having a tea party at our table. Yeah, I was about to say now so we have manner. So we're going to the class. It's, it's Princess be... Diaries. Oh, can Julie yes, and Drew show up? Doing basics and etiquette. Great. <laughs> DM, continue, please. <clears throat>